Amen. Praise God. Let's get on with the word. God's laid this word on my heart. I'll explain how it came to pass. Let's just go to 1 Timothy 6, 11 to 14. 1 Timothy 6, 11 to 14. I'm going to just start reading here. This is Paul writing to what became almost his son. Well, in the Lord was his son, Timothy. And he says there, But you, O man of God, flee these things, that's evil in the world, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many people. Alright, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things, and before Christ Yeshua, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until our Lord Yeshua, the Anointed Ones, appearing. Right now we're just focusing on fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Another scripture I'd just like to read in starting is in Matthew, if you wouldn't mind turning there. One verse I'm going to read, Matthew, well two verses, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Narrow is the way that leads to life, and there are few that find it. Now, this teaching, which I'm entitling, Fighting for Life, Fighting for Life, came to me after our Bible study on Wednesday. We were discussing the demoniac, known as the Gadarene demoniac, you all might know the story. The Lord instructs his disciples to go across the lake, Lake Galilee. In the process, they go through a massive storm. So they eventually get there, take quite a lot of trouble to get there. And as they arrive on the shore, this demoniac meets them. All right, and it's a really instructive lesson in deliverance and things that take place and how it all works. But this man comes to them, all right? Now, by the way, he gets dramatically released from these demons and he ends up evangelizing his whole community. But in one of the scriptures, and if you have to read it, Matthew 8, verse 28, this event is accounted for in all are called the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all right? Those gospels are all very similar. This event is recorded in all of them. There's one big difference, though, one big difference which has concerned me for quite a while, and I think the Lord gave me the answer. But in the Matthew account, it says that two men approached him. Amen? Two men approached him. Then it goes on, it's very similar to the others where the one man gets set free. In the other accounts, one approaches the Lord, right, and falls at his feet. Now, I just thought about that. You see, if you're a cynic and you want to prove that God doesn't exist, you latch onto that and say, oh, well, you see, the Bible is confusing and they didn't get the facts right and God doesn't know what he's doing, so he can't be God. You understand the stupidity of that. But you've got to understand these accounts are written much later and they give different viewpoints. Not that the one excludes the other. And the mature approach is to put them all together and put the pieces together. Amen. That's why God gave us different accounts. Because it's like an event takes place and there are different eyewitnesses. And there are different people that record them. And you see, 
Certain things stand out for one person that don't stand out for the other. You might be at the scene of an accident. All you know it was a blue car and a yellow car. Somebody who's more skilled in these things will say, well, it was a 4x4 bucky of this description hitting into a BMW. You see, you understand? The accounts are not different. They are different in a way, but they are of the same event. You see. So it seems as if somebody, and that person was Matthew, a tax collector, who I assume is somebody with an eye for detail, an eye for numbers. And he noticed, out of the tombs came two people. But the rest of the account is about only one. The big question is now, what happened to number two? I mean, he did not step into history. He disappears. When I thought about it, I began to realize something. This is the story of the Christian walk. Amen? The story of the Christian walk. Now, you see, the Lord came to give us life, and life abundantly. Does everybody in this church grasp that? Mm -hmm. Anything that opposes that abundant life is not from God. Amen? Amen? Amen. You see, when you and I said yes, when we signed and said, I'm going to become a Christian, I'm becoming a Christian, the moment we signed, a whole lot of things became available. Not least of which, of course, is eternal life in heaven. Our names were written. Okay? Think about it. But you see, it doesn't end there. You and I were not born again just to get to heaven. I hope you'll grasp that. You see, and when Mandy shared that scripture about, I will see the Lord in the land of the living. Amen? The big battle is about what you and I do with our lives here and now. Has everybody grasped that? You see? You and I are entitled to eternal life, and it starts now. That's what we've got to grasp as Christians. We don't have to just crawl through life, and one day in the by and by, crawl through into heaven and glory. You see? But you understand? Now, you see, what I'm trying to explain is this. Everything is made available. But there's something we've got to do for it to manifest. Amen? And what I need to say is, that for things on this earth, from God's perspective, to manifest, it's a battle. We have to fight the good fight of faith. Can you all say amen? In other words, we have to be active. I will say this as long as I have breath, that any doctrine, any doctrine, any teaching that implies that you and I must be passive does not come from God. Amen? Any doctrine that implies that you and I must just not do anything and just God will sort it all out. Yes, there is a time to rest in the Lord. But in that resting, we have to do something. We have to release faith. We have to fight the good fight of faith. Now, what I wanted to share, and this is the point that came to me through this conflicting, so to speak, report. Now, please, what I'm going to say is not gospel in the sense of I can't dogmatically say that this is it. Amen? Sometimes you can't dogmatically say things. But this is the inference that I draw from it. And it ties up with the rest of Scripture. Amen? Any teaching will always tie up with all of the Word. Amen? That's why you and I need to continue to renew our minds with a broad spectrum of the Word. So we can see things in context. Very important. But here's the context. Now if you read about that demoniac, he went through hell. They went through hell. The demons inside of them were so powerful. That when people bound them with steel chains, 
They simply rip those chains apart. That is supernatural strength, is it not? That is awesome physical power. So this man, this sad, unfortunate being, and God knows how he came into that place. We don't know. But this wretched being was filled with these demons. And it seems as if there were two of them. were filled with these terrible demons that used to overpower them and make them do terrible, terrible things to the extent that people warned their children and said, don't go there, don't go to the tombs. I assume they picked up those spirits of death from the tombs. You understand? It's amazing how the enemy will always gravitate towards death. Whatever he touches dies, okay? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Symptom of the devil's activity, it brings death. God always brings life and life abundant. Now, here's the story. This man, these men, they see the Lord. And let me tell you, their spirit man could see this bright light. I mean, they didn't get a news flash on the internet. He's coming over to you today. There was no advertising like that. Do you understand? It was the other side of the lake. And please understand something. The Lord went to a great deal of trouble just for the sake of this man. Just think about it. He probably even wasn't an Israelite. Most likely not, talking about the region where they were. But he came all the way, braved a massive storm, eventually got there, and this man, these two men, see him, and they start to approach him. However, the account is very clear. Only one of them manages to fall down at his feet, and the demons start to yap, say, what have we to do with you? Why are you sending us to destruction? Rather send us into the pigs. We all know the story. Now, what I want us to grasp is this. Seeing the Lord was one thing. Getting to him was another. Amen. Seeing him in the distance was one thing. But getting right to him and getting what he had from him was quite another. And I want you just to imagine now, this demoniac has got these demons that are able to make him rip iron chains apart. That power. And remember when the Lord asked, what's your name? They said, Legion, because we are many. And they eventually went and inhabited 2,000 pigs. So if you demons a pig, that's 4,000 demons in the man. Tremendous spiritual oppression. I mean, dear God. But now, let me ask you this question. Those demons were terrified of the Lord, were they not? They screamed, don't send us to destruction. Don't, don't. Between the demoniac seeing him in the distance and getting to him, in that process, what do you think those demons were doing? What do you think they were doing? Were they saying, oh, let's go we're along with this. We're happy to go along. From what they said, you know what? It's obvious. They said, no ways. You're not going there. You're not going there. With a power that could break chains. They're pulling against this man. But please understand, he was so desperate. Weeping amongst the tombs. What sort of life is that? And he recognized in his spirit, here was life. And what did he do? Despite this tremendous pressure, he got through. He broke through. He fell at his feet and he got that deliverance that he needed. Eventually described as clothed and in his right mind. Now my question, what happened to number two? Think about it. He saw the Lord. Probably started to go towards 
And then what happened? Those demons kicked in and said, you're not going, boy. And he probably said, okay, I won't go. You see? That is the story of so much of Christianity. Did you know that? Many people hear about the Lord. Oh, that's wonderful. They might even get saved. But let me tell you, there's a big difference between being saved and experiencing eternal life here and now. Amen? Why? Because those things that kept us in the world are not very happy with the salvation business. Amen? They're not. They're not. You see, when we talk about life, we're talking about life in every single area. Have you all grasped that? You see? We're talking about life in our business life. Financial prosperity. We're talking about physical health. We're talking about happiness in our marriages and in our relationships. We're talking about knowing our calling and fulfilling our destiny. All these wonderful things. Amen? These wonderful things. Being able to relate to people properly and enjoying relationships of all the different kinds that there are. That's life. Amen? That's life. Having sufficient finance, not only to look after yourself and your family, but to bless other people. Amen? That's life. Can you say amen? That is real life. Let me tell you, the joy of being able to help other people is joy unspeakable. To be healthy. Oh, my soul, have I learned that? Have I learned that? To be physically well. That's life. You see, that's life. We'll see the Lord in the land of the living, here and now. Those are all the things Christ came to give us. And eternal life, on top of it all, at the end. That's beautiful, is it not? You see, we see those things. But because they are available, amen, that does not mean that we will enjoy them. Not because God doesn't want us to enjoy them. He wants us desperately to enjoy them. But to enjoy them, we are going to have to fight the fight of faith. We have to fight. Amen? I'm trying to encourage in all of us here this fighting spirit. Now please, don't get me wrong. We are not fighting people. It's not a contentious spirit. Do you understand? We're not pushing and shoving against others. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of this dark world. Amen? And that's exactly what happened. The one demoniac sees the Lord, and he says, I don't want to be a demoniac any longer. And these things are pulling against him, but his will carries him right through. And he gets to the feet of the Lord Yeshua, and those demons are all cast out into the swine. Amen? And later on it describes that man is found sitting clothed and in his right mind. Peace unspeakable. And as far as God was concerned, sufficiently prepared to be an evangelist. Amen? Ready for his great destiny. But my point is, brothers and sisters, you and I have to fight. Now please, the enemy doesn't want you to fight. Did you know that? He doesn't want you. The enemy would very much like you and I to roll over and play dead. Amen? And he's got a number of schemes that he does for us to do that. And I need to expose them. But let me just tell you. You want to see your calling fulfilled, you're going to have to fight. We're going to have to fight. For years, 
I enjoyed good health. Did you know that? I inherited very good health. I think I abused it to a certain extent. Not totally, but I did. Eating the wrong stuff, etc. But you know something? The moment my health was threatened and I went to hospital. Now, at the age of 66, that's the first time I've ever been hospitalized, admitted to hospital. Well, I didn't have no choice. Sent to hospital. 66 years. The last time I was as a patient in a hospital was when I was born. Hmm? Is it surprising that I took my health for granted? I was grateful for it. I mean, but I took it a bit for granted. And then I got hit with this thing. Spent that week in hospital. For me, it was like purgatory. I've gone through there. I won't go through it again. Thank God for the doctors. Thank God for the nursing staff. Thank God for medication, etc. But let me tell you, I came out of there. And I came out of there for one reason. Because many people, let me tell you, have given me up to die. I remember being put in a ward for a few hours or maybe a night. There were another six old wormies there. They didn't want to talk to me. Did you know that? I thought it was quite strange. I thought it was because they were talking about golf, and obviously I wasn't a golfer, but they just ignored me. I realized now why. They thought I was going to die. They didn't want to talk to me. Do you know that? The doctor here, when I left, I've never seen this before. Dr. Esther, a very good doctor. She was in tears when I left. She thought that's the end of it. She said later, it looked like I was 100 years old. 100 years old. But can I tell you something? Despite all of that and the prognosis, whatever, I mean, my infection rate, blood infection rate, which is supposed to be two or three, was over 280. I've got the documents to prove it. That's more than lethal. Over 280, my blood sugar, which should be about four or five, was 22 point something. Big lumps on my legs. Couldn't even walk. Agony to get to the toilet. I mean, terrible situation to find yourself in. But please understand, people go through a lot worse than that. So it was pretty lenient for me. But I learned something. Don't take your health for granted. But let me say something else. When all this negativity was going on around me, not for one second did I think that I'm out of here. Did you know that? Not for one second. But I realized something. I have to fight. Can you all say amen? amen? I had to fight. But obviously, because of the word in me, I wasn't going to sit down and say, oh, you know, it's over. No, no. No, no. I said to the doctor the last time he saw me before I was discharged. The last word I said to him, because I could see that he, he was very unhappy about this. He wanted to keep me there. And if I'd had medical aid, he would have made sure for three weeks I was on a trip and under supervision and gone through surgery. And oh, my soul. But he said, I don't know what's going to happen to you. Gave Timothy instructions. If any rise in temperature, rush to hospital. It's over. And uh, he was going out of the door. And I said to him, doctor, don't worry. I serve a big God. That's what I said to him. I serve a big God. The look of shock on his face said, oh, yes, 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 yes. But let me tell you something. That attack from the devil, that's not the first time he's tried to take me out. We'll know about it. But it was going to fail. Why? Because of life. Amen. I'm not finished what I've got to do. Amen. But let me explain something. For you and I to do what we've got to do, it's going to be a battle. Amen. The devil does not want us to achieve what is in our heart. And I'll tell you why. Do you know why? Because the best 
testimony on this earth and testimonies are extremely powerful. The best testimony is a success testimony. Can you all say amen? I will not get people saved by telling them how I was sick. Amen? I might help them by telling them how God healed me. Do you understand? The devil does not want you and I to succeed. He does not want your business to succeed. Did you know that? He does not want the school to succeed. He does not want this church to succeed. He does not want your marriage to succeed. Why? Because your and my success in this life is a testimony. And that is what draws people. Can you all say amen? I'll give you an example of the church. I mean, we've been battling with this church for years. Years. Even before some of you were born. That's shocking, isn't it? Now, why are we so insistent on getting the church up and running properly? I've put our teachings on how the church should run. A whole series of eight lessons on how the church should actually operate. Wonderful teachings, I believe, on how God planned for the church to be. I put them out faithfully, knowing this, that because those teachings are out there, it's not going to happen. Why? I'll tell you why. It can help. I'll tell you why. Before it's going to make any impact, it has to be operating. Do you understand? We have to show people what it's like. Does that make sense? Writing about it is one thing. Putting it into practice is quite another. The devil doesn't really mind about the information out there. He can steal it from people's minds. What he will not be able to steal is the living evidence. Amen? The living evidence. Now, because of that, guess what? Is the devil going to say, oh, it's a good idea, carry on? Definitely not. He'll do everything he can to stop it. Amen? Now you see he's defeated. But for it to manifest, what's got to happen? We have to fight the fight of faith. Are you hearing me? We have to fight the fight of faith. Your business is in the crosshairs. Christian business. Why? Well, if your business is a great success, it's devastating to the kingdom of darkness. Did you know that? Devastating. Because it's an example for other people to follow and great blessing for so many people can flow out of it. If it's done right. Amen? So does the devil sit back and say, oh well, carry on. Oh no! Oh no! He's got to do something to stop it. Amen? He'll do everything he can to stop it. Supernaturally, physically, whatever. To stop it. What I'm trying to say is for that thing to break through, and it has every right to break through as far as God is concerned, what's going to happen? We're going to have to fight. We have to fight. We have to fight. We have to fight. For a marriage to work, I've discovered something. You have to fight. Not with each other. Let me tell you where the battle is. The battle is really with selfishness in your heart. Do you know that? That's where the real battle is. In the morning when you're cooking the breakfast, who gets the bigger egg? Who gets the last bit of jam? Do you understand? It's a battle. This flesh of ours wants to be pampered. 
And let me tell you, the successful marriage is the one, so simply stated, where the other person comes first. Because of love. Amen. Two people living like that will have heaven on earth. Amen. Real love is selfless, you see. It puts the other person first. We have to work out our own salvation. The principle is, it's not going to just fall off a tree, a beautiful marriage. You think that it's just going to be wine and roses for the rest of it. No. We've lived selfish lives all our lives. Now we're stuck together in the same house. And somebody else with their own personality, their own life, and that's got to work out. But it only works out when we and I are prepared to take second place. And you've got two people taking second place. God comes first and that marriage is blessed. Amen. It's that simple, really. Amen. But you see, we've got to fight. Please, you and I want our calling to be fulfilled. You might have a wonderful promise from God. Do you think the devil just rolls out and says, oh, carry on. Hmm? Your calling will just take place automatically. If it's God's will, it will happen. Do you know how much hogwash that is? If it's God's will, it will take place. Well, why would he tell you if it wasn't his will? Does that make sense? I mean, why would he bother to tell you about it if it wasn't his will? Is it God's will that you and I rise up and do fantastic things for him? Yes or no? You have to be trained theologically to get that confused. You have to have at least seven years of theological study to mess that up. God wants the best for us. Amen. He wants us well. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to really thrive in everything. What we call to do to be a great success. But listen to this. For that to happen, it's going to be a battle. You're going to have to fight. And that's the story of the New Testament all the time. And the whole Bible actually. Here we have this wonderful man. I'm looking forward to meeting him in heaven. Blind Bartimaeus. He's got a tremendous personality. Born blind. Now his name, Bartimaeus, means son of somebody who's been condemned. I mean, what a good start to life. <laughs> so his father probably, because of sin, got kicked out of the synagogue. Right? And now his son is regarded as a reprobate. But he's blind. So that's a good start to life. You're born blind and you're a reprobate in the eyes of society. So this man, in a sense, has got nothing to lose. And he's sitting there by Jericho, and he hears about the Lord. He can hear the rustle in his ears, the man's coming, and he starts to shout. Son of David, have mercy. Now, let me ask you a question. Did everybody around him say, wow, wonderful, come on, come on, shout. Lord, come, we've got a man who needs healing. Did they do that? Yes or no? When you say, I've got a wonderful calling from God, what's the general approach by society? Oh, sit down, shut up, you're being stupid. Hmm? Amen? Why? Who's behind that? Does the devil want you and I to fulfill our call? Does the devil want blind Bartimaeus to be blind no more? So everybody turns around and says to him, shut up. This is what I love about blind Bartimaeus. They're all telling him to shut up. And it says there so clearly. So he shouted all the more. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? He shouted all the more. He said, blow you. You're not blind. You're not begging. I am and I want my sight. Pick up the spirit of that. Pick up the spirit of that. 
People say to you, oh, you know, you haven't got any education. Oh, you dumb, you stupid. You. I know people like that. They just listen to that and say, okay, well, that's me. Live with that. Curse. You see, what is God saying? Oh, no. Oh, no. You have to fight for life. And that fight might mean doing what everybody else doesn't want you to do. Amen? I was called to the ministry, let me tell you, in a family that knows nothing about God. Hmm? My father saw me as his son, the lawyer. All he wanted to do was say to his buddies, this is my son Graham, he's an attorney. Hmm? He's a lawyer. Oh, he would have loved that so much. And the day came when I had to say to him, Dad, ain't gonna happen. That was not easy. Let me tell you, that was not easy. But I had a call in my life. And I realized from day one, for this thing to manifest, what's going to happen? I'm going to have to fight. Amen? Still fighting. Still fighting. Let me say something. The harder and longer you have to fight, and I have to fight, the greater the glory at the end. Amen? The greater the glory. The greater the glory. The greater the battle, the greater the glory. General principle. General principle. What stands in our way? False understanding. Oh, don't think about that. God wants it to happen, it'll happen. Just roll over and play dead. Passivity, you see. Passivity. Blind Bartimaeus could have said to himself, well, everybody wants me to keep quiet. I better just, if the Lord wants to heal me, he'll come here. What would have happened? The Lord would have walked completely by. But please think about it. The Lord always does what he has to do. At great expense to himself. Did you know that? Great expense. Think about it. He went across a whole sea for one man. Went through a whole storm just to be available to one man. That's the Lord for you. He makes himself available. Alright? But he does his part. What have we got to do? You've got to do our part. And our part, let me tell you, from a human point of view, is never easy. Never easy. If we want life, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold. Lay hold. When you lay hold of something, what does that mean? You've got to grip onto it. Amen? Because if you don't, what will happen? It'll slip away. It'll slip away. You want health? Grip onto it. Amen? Let me just say this. I'm about 85% yield at this stage. Still using insulin. But you know what? I'm not happy with that. Amen? I'm not happy with that. The day will come when I don't have to use insulin and my blood sugar levels will remain constant. Amen? My pancreas will kick into action. Amen? And on top of that, I'll lay these pudgy little hands on those who are afflicted with diabetes and chase that spirit away. Are you hearing me? I'm speaking prophetically. But let me just say that. Talk is cheap. Let me tell you what costs something. Every day I have to fight. When I came back from hospital, I feared that I would never walk again. It brought tears to my eyes to see my lovely hiking boots that I'd bought sitting there. But you know what? Did I roll over and pray dead? No. Dragged myself out of bed at midnight. I was walking up and down this passage. Two or three times in I rest. Two or three times in I rest. Before long, guess what? Ten times. And then what? Around the garden. And now what? 
We walk just about every day. Hey, my darling. Most days. No problem. But it's not complete. There's still numbness there. What I'm trying to say is, I'm not happy. I'm not just going to roll over and play dead and say, well, that's the condition I've got for the rest of my life. Amen? Amen. Are you hearing me? I will not do that. Because I've learned, lay hold on eternal life. The word of God says, you will forgive all your iniquities and heal all your diseases. Psalm 103. All your diseases. What does all mean? 85%. Oh, you got 85%. You got it all right. Really? You hear me? All your diseases. Heals all your diseases. Now God gave me the wisdom how to go about it. It's a gradual process. Amen? But what does it take to get that circulation going? Every now and then, doing my exercises, doing my exercises. Hey, my darling, all the time, doing my exercises, hearing the word, filling my mind with the word, speaking the word. It's going to be a fight. I'm up for the fight. Amen? I'm up for the fight. Are you hearing me, church? This is the spirit we want to have in every area of life. As a teacher, what thrilled me the most, let me tell you, and those who have taught will probably agree with this, was not the kid that was very intelligent and did very well, although, bless them, it was wonderful. They put the hard work and they deserved it. What blessed me the most was the one that was really struggling and they just refused to give up and eventually cracked it open. Those kids really blessed me. I was so blessed by that. Why? See the attitude? Not prepared to roll over and say, oh, you know, I can't do math. I don't do sums. You can do sums. Did you know that? If I can do sums, so can you. Anybody can. But what's got to happen? In many cases now, what have we got to do? Fight. Fight. Amen? It can be done. All things are possible to him who believes. Once again, we have this all. Not 85% things are possible. All things are possible to those who believe. But because all things are possible, does that mean it's just going to happen? No, it's possible. We've got to know that, you see. In your heart of hearts, you and I have got to know that. If we don't know that, we will not fight. Can you say amen? God wants the business to succeed. It doesn't matter what's happening in the country. That's what God wants. Are you hearing me? He wants your marriage to be a great, great success so that it can be an example to the community. The community needs good examples of marriage right now. Can you all say amen? He wants us healthy. He wants us to have abundant health, more than enough health for ourselves so that we've got enough to give it away. Amen? Church, are you hearing me? These are all things that are so easy to say. But I'm not just saying them to sound or glory, hallelujah, necessarily. I'm saying them because I'm encouraging us. Realize there's somebody out there that does not want that to happen. But we are bigger than him. The God inside of us is bigger than him. Much bigger than him. But what have we got to do? Lay hold of eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. We have to know what God expects us to do and to do it. And let me just say this, what he expects us to do, you and I will be able to do it, but it might not be easy to do. Does everybody grasp that? There's a big difference between being able and something being easy. And us humans like what? Things to be easy. 
So you see, it's very easy to say, oh, well, God will have his way in the sweet by and by. You understand the lie that is? In other words, just do nothing. Do nothing. Now, please, it's not our power, it's his power. But for his power to kick in, we have to get to him. Amen? That's what that demoniac's problem was. He had supernatural powers against him that he could not resolve in his own strength. He needed God's power. But what did he have to do? Make that connection. Are you hearing me? And that connection became available to him. God went through great trouble to make that connection available for him. But what did he have to do? He had to get there and frustrate himself and say, God, help me. The other one, number two. I can guarantee you sitting in the background there saying, no, I'm just going to just watch what happens. Do you know how many people lose out on life from the attitude of standing back and watching what happens? It's like a big rugby match. I love watching rugby these days. There's a whole crowd of spectators. There's only a handful of there in the thick of it. Amen? Reminds me of the church. whole crowd of spectators watching the big ministries going. And that's wonderful to have the big ministries. What does God want? The foot soldiers out there partaking, participating, engaged in the battle. Amen? Engaged in the battle. I'm encouraging all of us. Where we're at, what we're doing, what we're facing, different in each case, but the principles are the same. God wants you and I to have life and life abundantly. It's available. The Holy Spirit has given us the power, but we have to fight. We have to fight. And I pray that we will be a church that stands up and takes the battle on. And wins. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise be to God. 